Hello, my name's Steve Thomas. Welcome or welcome back. If you're new to this, it's all about having a really good listen to a great piece of music. So get comfortable, lie back and away we go. Today, we're going to hear from the daddy. Who's the daddy? Joseph Haydn. He was nicknamed the father of the symphony and the father of the string quartet. And he did loads to establish the forms and sounds of classical music. He paved the way and was friend and mentor to Mozart and Beethoven, who subsequently stole all the limelight with music that became ever more grand, long and important, or even self-important. The father nickname was then used in the late 19th century to suggest that Haydn was old-fashioned and out of date. That, and the fact that he wrote so much music, all adds up to mean Haydn's music isn't nearly as well known as I certainly think it should be. You can judge if I'm right. Haydn spent much of his life working in the second half of the 1700s for an Austro-Hungarian prince. The prince loved music. He had his own orchestra of crack musicians led by Haydn, whose job it was to write things for them to play. Music for church services, operas, things to play over dinner and when there were guests, symphonies and concertos for concerts, all at the royal command. And Haydn's original nickname stems from then, he took a lot of care over his fellow musicians and their families. He'd stick up for them with the prince, and they all called him Papa Haydn, even though he was only maybe five years older than most of the players. And because the prince lived in a palace that was quite isolated from everywhere, Haydn said that he was forced to become original. So while he was busy establishing the form of what a symphony for orchestra should sound like, he was already subverting it and playing around with that all the time as well. Symphony number 22 is a cracker, and it's unusual too. It opens with a long, slow, purposeful movement that features two horns and two coronglae, tenor oboes, instead of the higher-pitched oboes that would normally be there. And it's this that gives the piece its nickname. Lots of Haydn symphonies have nicknames. It's easier to tell them apart when there's over a hundred of them. And this is the philosopher. Some say that's because it's thoughtful and considered. Some that it's as if the horns and coronglae are having a, you know, a deep and meaningful conversation. To me, there's a slightly over-the-top feeling to the ponderousness that makes me wonder if Haydn's also poking a little fun at deep-thinking philosophers. The rest of the symphony is three short movements, only 12 minutes in total. A fast movement followed by a minuet and trio, which are two linked dances. By the time Haydn had finished writing symphonies, the minuet and trio was the standard third movement. And then there's a galloping finale. Here there are romping horns. The horn was an instrument that had only recently been brought indoors and was being civilised, a little bit anyway, away from its hunting roots. Like almost all Haydn, this fizzes and sparkles. Haydn really understood that music was entertainment. And this is just really good fun. Click on the links below, have a listen, and let me know what you think. It's really worth checking out the video option with this one. This is filmed in the room in the palace where most likely the piece was first performed. And the orchestra are playing on period instruments, and in the style of Haydn's time. So playing on instruments that Haydn would recognise and that he was writing for, without 250 years of instrument making development that we've had since then. And it all goes to add a rawness and edge to the performance. I hope you enjoy it, let me know, do give us some comments and a like and a share.
come back for more next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>